Welcome back to the Culture of Safety podcast. How's it going, Matt? Good, man. Your intro sounded super professional today. Thanks. I appreciate it. I've been working <laughs> on it. I've been kind of standing in front of the mirror and just looking at myself and just, you can do this. I bet I know why it sounded so good because you probably got a lot of rest last night. I did. I actually got uh, an amazing amount of rest <laughs> and that's actually kind of transitioned into what we're talking about today is fatigue. So fatigue is, you know, one of the biggest things that you and I as safety professionals, we have to battle a lot, especially in today's society. There's, you know, the, the change in work schedules with shutdowns and, you know, I, hopefully they said this year they're going to be changing out the whole um, uh, daylight savings times kind of deal too, which is kind of nice because I'm kind of tired of waking up and it being dark. But fatigue is something that I've dealt with as far as incidents for, you know, several years. And anytime we have any type of change in schedule, it's always a red flag for me because I deal with a lot of guys that are sleep deprived and they're working heavy equipment and that's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> like you said, fatigue affects everybody. And especially in today's world with like everybody being on their phone and everybody on their TV phone and, and kids and binge coronavirus and binge virusing. Yeah. I mean, binge yeah, virusing. binge virusing. That's no, it's no longer just terrible. one. Yeah, it's no longer one, one disease. Now that's like six diseases you have to worry about. It's no longer just COVID-19. Now it's avian flu and all these other different diseases everybody's worried about. So not only are they binge watching TV, but they're binge watching all the different, you know, uh, news channels because of all the different changes into in, in our society. So I don't know if you ever do this, but do you ever go to like go to sleep and then you pull out your phone to look at something and then 40 minutes passes by and you're like, whoops, I, I probably was supposed to go to sleep 40 minutes ago. Well, actually, no, I'm actually really, really good at sleep. Well, you know what? You're one of the few then. <laughs> yeah. I think more people probably would side with me. My wife is like that. She, I, and I tell her all the time, like, look, Bedtime is no phone time because the blue lights and mm -hmm. and they keep you awake. I, I tell my wife, nope. As soon as my head hits the pillow, I am done. I am out within probably like 10, 15 minutes. I'm really good at get, about getting my sleep because I need it, like especially because I work out and my body, it needs that rest. And I'm, you know, if you know me, I'm, I'm always going 100 miles a minute. That sleep is my time. As soon as 9.30 or 9 o'clock comes in. Man, what are you, 70? Yeah. Seriously, it, I I can go to bed eight thirty if I can sometimes, you know. And it's it it. But remember, I do I do a lot, and so by the time eight thirty nine o'clock comes around, I'm like it's bedtime. And so one thing that's always helped me is whenever I've had to work those sixteen hour days, that's when I that's when I make my the, the most bang for my buck because that's when I'm like okay, come in, eat dinner, go to bed, wake up, and I'm refreshed. But I know a lot of the guys that I work with aren't like that. They're like you, yeah. where they're up. You know, they're in bed, they're ready to go to bed, but then they start, you know, oh, let me check an email or, oh, hey, I saw a funny meme or I'm on Facebook or YouTube or, or something. YouTube and, you know, and that's detrimental to, you know, work, you know, especially if, if we're working hands on, you know, all the cognitive abilities that we have are lost if we don't get, you know, enough sleep. Not and, just that. I mean, as I know, I'm sure you have heard everybody else preach is the first thing you do every morning to go to work is what drive. Yeah. Driving is super dangerous and you're fatigued. And honestly, like that's probably your biggest exposure right there. First thing, first thing in the morning you're driving, you didn't get enough sleep. And then that's when you start nodding off. And yep. I know I've seen it. I mean, as, as an EMT for sure, I've seen it to where, you know, people nod off on some of these County roads and that's all it takes is 
two, three, four seconds of micro sleep and you're in the opposite lane. Oh yeah. We had your whole micro sleep episode a couple episodes ago. I forgot right? about that. Yeah. Running so into the back of a backhoe. Run into the back of a backhoe or, you know, get into another lane or even worse if you're fatigued and you get on your cell phone, right? It's, that's a dangerous combination. What if it keeps them awake? Blue light, you know, it stimulates the part of your brain that releases a hormone to make you feel like you're more awake and right. You're right. But the problem is, is now you're multitasking, right? <laughs> so a little, I know. I'm so whatever, you, whatever but. bad attention that you do have, it's it's coupled with the bad. What if you don't look you at the phone? You just turn the blue light on and face it on the side of your face, like yeah, by your keep eyes, keep you awake, stimulate the hormone. Uh, I, it's it's just really interesting because you know I'll give you like like a lot of people know about me is I used to work on the ambulance, and that for me was probably the worst time of my life as far as sleep because, I mean we're up two, three, four, five times a night, depending on, on how bad of a night it is. And I, I have a good friend. He still works on the ambulance, and he still – I don't know how he does it. He's in his, in his, like, 50s, and he's still working on an ambulance. And that's one of the biggest things that we've always talked about was, like, how – how in the heck do you get enough sleep? And you're in your 50s. You need a lot more sleep than, you know, when I was, you know, in my early 20s. You know, I need a lot more sleep now, especially because I do a lot of work, a lot more work now. But it was expected that, you know, okay, go to bed and, okay, well, it's 10 o'clock. Wake up and go run a call. And then as soon as you get back, try to get some sleep if you can. I, I know when, when I worked on the ambulance, a lot of people didn't. They would stay up on their cell phones and I guess that's where, once again, that that sleep technique came in. As soon as I, I came into the office, I would finish up my paperwork, I'd put my head on the pillow, and I would be out just because I knew if I didn't get sleep, I'd be up half the night. I just came up with a million-dollar idea to sell as a safety idea. Okay. Blue lights that you mount on the inside of your uh, vehicle to turn on to keep people awake while they're driving. Boom. I don't know if that's a million dollar idea, but okay, we'll just, we'll just go with that. <laughs> we'll just go, we'll just go with what, whatever idea that was. Um, I'll give you a really funny episode that I had when I was working on the ambulance is a uh, new call of duty came out and I think it was the, mod the first modern warfare. So this, you can tell how old this is. We played all night, like literally all night. I think we went to bed at 12 o'clock midnight and this was like probably within the first like three or four months of me working on the ambulance. So I still wasn't used to the schedule and that kind of stuff. I think I was still working two jobs at that point. So on my days off, I would go work off at, at a hotel. So man, it was, it was nuts, but we played all night. It was about midnight. We all decided, okay, we played enough. We, you know, let's go to bed. I woke up like an hour later or they woke me up an hour later and said, Hey, you have to drive to San Francisco. So imagine being sleep deprived, driving in the middle of nowhere. You have no, I mean, I have no heck where I'm going. I'm going up the 99 across to the five across to like the coast and I'm sleep deprived. Imagine I just turned that, that ambulance into a missile. It was, it was probably one of the most insane things because, you know, as far as ambulances, we don't have, we don't have a regulated time. They're not like, oh, you know, you've been working 16 hours. You shouldn't be behind the, the wheel of an ambulance. Heck no. You sleep deprived? Jump in. Go 80 miles an hour down residential free uh, streets. That sounds terrible. It was pretty bad for the. It was pretty bad for my health. And so you're recommending not to do that, right? I would highly recommend not to be sleep deprived and drive vehicles. Um, I mean, obviously, one of the things that we ran into a lot was truck drivers. You know, truck drivers they. Typically, a lot of them do math to stay awake. And then eventually what happens is they fall asleep eventually, and that's when we have huge car accidents because 
eventually the meth wore out or whatever energy drinks they were taking wore out and then they're, they're asleep at the wheel and you imagine several thousand ton vehicle traveling at 60 70 miles an hour is not you know conducive to people's safety yeah it's not a good idea but one of the things that like i said i've dealt with before is shutdowns that's always the biggest one for me is oh we're gonna have a shutdown okay 24 hours and i was like okay but how many shifts you know two three four you know where are my guys working are they working tens are they working 12s or 14s and 16s it's because once we get to that you know 14 or 16 hour window we have to really you know sit down and talk and realize the the gravity of what we're doing most places are what like half an hour to an hour away from civilization for us yeah so that's an hour drive there and an hour drive back that's two hours so that's 18 hours that they're going to be awake minimum and when they get home i don't think you're just boom falling asleep you're not they're they're not gonna be like me they're not like okay well let me just eat and go to bed no they're gonna like i need to wind down and i need to watch this and chill so that's probably like maybe another 45 minutes to another hour maybe an hour and a half of less sleep so they're already been sleep deprived now we're increasing that sleep deprivation and we're making them work hard, especially here in Bakersfield. It's hot as all hell. Now we add 110 degree weather to that, you know, and the, the likelihood of an accident is going to be shooting up quite a bit. And I've seen it to where usually during the summertime, that's where most incidents I've seen. And most of the companies I worked for, most incidents shoot up because not just because of the heat, because, you know, now we have that increased workload, but also the schedules. Right. And. One of the things that I've seen change in the in the in the near the near past was that a lot of companies are starting to go to this forty hour work week where it's four tens. So rather than working, you know, five days a week, you're working four days but for ten hour days. And I I've seen some changes as far as safety wise in that, which is kinda nice, you know, it's people have, you know, three days to recover rather than just two. Until they work four tens and then they get called in on Friday and Saturday to work extra. Yes. Yeah, that's that's always the that's always the biggest problem as I see is when we do the overtime days. And that's yeah, I, that's a marked increase in accidents because now now they're past their forty hour week and now they're they're a little over overly worked. And then what what ends up happening? They're not gonna call safety in because it's more money, right? They don't want to pay a safety guy time and a half. So we're going to do it without safety. Like, this is the most, this is the most crucial time you need to have a safety guy. So what about, uh, like, have you seen those, I guess you call them statistics or whatever it is, but like six hours of sleep is, or four hours of sleep is equivalent to like a 0.08 alcohol. Yeah. Like to compare it to driving drunk almost. It literally is equivalent to driving drunk and so if you think about that you know we wouldn't let our employees show up to work drunk but we can let them show up to work without sleep yeah you know and it's it has an impact you know i'm but i tell my guys like this you know i've been there myself when i worked in the field and i had a newborn kid and god i love him but he never he never slept through the night you know we got up four or five times a night every night it was almost like working back on the ambulance but once we had our kid I was sleep deprived and I told my coworkers, you know, I just had an open communication like, Hey man, last night was rough. I'm not going to be a hundred percent, you know, just keep an eye out on me, you know, just make sure I'm doing good. Make sure I'm not doing anything unsafe and that kind of stuff. And that's where that teamwork comes in. And I've had, you know, built a rapport with each of my different crews 
this is the type of work that we want. If you're showing up to work sick or tired or whatever, let your com- let your company, let your foreman know. So that way we're all on the same page. We know, okay, well, I mean, obviously I can't just not show up to work because I'm going to lose my job or I'm not going to get paid. I have to show up and I'm here and I'm, but I'm just not going to be as productive. So yeah. you just... So I'm get your take on something. Last year when I went to uh, Safety Focus, you know, they have all the vendors and everything. There's a lot of uh, vendors that are focusing on work fatigue and, and how to like kind of battle it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I saw that I thought was kind of cool, but I'll get your take on it is they, they created an app that tests your employees' cognitive abilities. Oh, wow. And then they give you a baseline of each employee. And then every morning when the employee comes into work, they go back to this app. They open up this app when they clock in and they take like these, they're not tests. They're not like, what is 1000 divided? But like, it's not a math, right. but it's like, it's kind of checking reaction times and it's checking like different types of cognitive abilities. And then, it, and, it, and they built this uh, whole algorithm to like, okay, you're kind of falling too far outside of the norm. Mm-hmm. You need to check in with somebody before you go to work. And it kind of like sets an, it sets an alert off saying like, this person needs to be checked on before they go out to drive for the day to uh, give you an idea of what's going on. So that's, that's really interesting. I like, I like the, uh, the app. It's, it sounds interesting. I mean, I would love to see it. It sounds like, uh, I remember, I remember a while back, I forgot what the app that there was an app like that. It was like where they ch- checked your cognitive ability with like shapes and stuff and mm-hmm. your ability to recognize things. And I think that would be, I mean, I don't know, you know how much it would cost, but I mean, it sounds, it sounds like you could incorporate that, you know, into your, your safety management system pretty quickly because especially now a lot of companies are going paperless. They're all going with, yeah. you know, JSAs that are on laptops or, or iPads. So you could easily just add that to each one. Like, okay, everybody, Hey, before you log in, you know, most of the things that we do nowadays, clock in, clock out is all in the field. Hey, before you clock in here, do this cognitive ability r- real quick. Okay. Yep. And probably like three, four minutes, like you were saying. Yeah. It doesn't take very long. I mean, yeah. like at my company, all of our guys clock in and out on iPads every day. And that's exactly where you would get the app anyway. So yeah. like, just, I don't know how, boop, boop. I would think most companies are probably in a similar situation. They're using some type of digital technology yeah, to technology clock in and to, clock out. To take care of a lot of their administrative mm-hmm. controls. Cause it's, it's a lot easier to clock in, clock out and do JSAs, all the stuff on one little pad than having to track paperwork and then storing it for the three years and all this other stuff. And it's just so much more difficult, especially with you know, logistics to, to do all that. So, I mean, that sounds, it sounds like a, like it would be a very viable tool. And I, I think it'd probably be very good how practical it is. You know, I I think you would, you would need some type of, you know, introduction. I know that's what some of the other companies that I've worked with right now is they're starting to change the way that they're doing their training and stuff like that. And everything's being based off of, off of the iPad. So just getting your employees used to, you know, logging in through your, through your um, your iPad or whatever whatever device that you're using, but I, I could totally see that. Like before you log in, you know, you would have like a, I guess like an identification card. Yeah. Scan it. Boop. Okay, here, do this quick test. Okay, you're good to go. Yep. Or I mean, obviously, when say you're good to go or not, it would just send an email. Hey, this guy, you know, is obviously having issues with cognition. He's either drunk or or probably is half asleep. Um, but yeah, I mean, you and I both. You, we, we both know we were both in the field and we've seen it firsthand where, you know, sleep deprivation is like drunk driving. You don't, you're not paying attention. You have micro sleep. You're not paying attention to your speed. Um, 
And I remember one time uh, I was driving on, uh, going to work, and I was I had a rough night, and I was really tired. And I showed up to work, and my partner, <laughs> he he said he had a, a really bad night as well. I had a, I think I might have had a newborn at that time. <sighs> I'm I like sure I, I, I don't like your excuses. But anyway, as the story goes, uh, I was driving half asleep. We, were, we weren't even halfway. I'll be honest with you. We weren't even halfway to where we were our like 20 minutes from the from where we left. Right. Maybe 20 minutes. Maybe yeah, we've minutes. been maybe left 20 minutes prior and we're going down the road and I'm half asleep. And all I remember is you shouting out the words, hey, there's a cop and you're speeding. <laughs> And that's and well, at that oh, moment, I, I that's when this. I woke up. I was like, "Oh crap!" And sure enough, that's when I saw the cop, and that's when I looked at my speed, and I I I, I knew instantly, I'm like, "Man, I'm gonna so get a ticket." Sure enough, the lights turned on, so I pulled over and I got a ticket. And I was like, "How is it that you were half asleep, <laughs> but you saw the cop and you saw my speed, but I didn't?" And I'm in the driver's seat. Whoops, sorry about that. <sighs> well, in all reality, I'll I'll give. You know, this advice, it was actually really good. You know, of course, it sucked getting a ticket. I bet you were awake after that, though. It, I'll be honest with you. It probably saved your life. It probably saved both of our lives, obviously. But, you know, I think that cop did save our lives because, in reality, I probably would have fallen asleep. I would have fallen asleep. I probably would have drifted off into, you know, the center lane, center divider, may have gone into a car accident. We probably could have both been killed. But I remember I, I was up the rest of the drive. There was I was like, oh, wow, okay, man. You don't need an energy drink. Just get pulled over by the cops. That'll that'll keep you going for for quite get some that time. That adrenaline pumping. Yeah, but I remember I remember that day, and I was like, man, stupid Matt. He said he was asleep. <laughs> I just opened my eyes a little bit and noticed the cop and said something about it. Yeah, it's it's important, you know. Statistically speaking, when we're we're looking at employees that are having fatigue, you know, we're talking about you know feeling tired and exhausted, sleepy. You know, we, we've already talked about the micro sleep, you know, in one of the instances that I've already have. But, you know, we do need, you know, a full eight hours of sleep, if not more. You know, like I said, when I'm working out and, you know, I'm trying to build muscle, I usually need a little bit more sleep or at least good quality sleep. You don't need to have eight hours, right? Eight hours of crappy sleep is not worth three hours of good sleep. So, um, but I have seen that there's many different effects that, can affect people so their ability to make decisions i've seen that probably I'm, i know you have is when you have somebody sleepy they're they're gonna make the bad decision to not wear ppe yeah right and boom there you go accident easy or they're gonna not follow the sop or they're not gonna be able to you know understand what they're being told or they might miss a step or something they're gonna miss a step or there's gonna be um, a miscommunication that's one of the biggest things um, one of the things I've seen as well is people that work with their hands is their inability to pay attention. Um, I've had, <laughs> I've had a welder who had, was sleep deprived show up to work one time. And it is probably one of the more important ones because we actually had to go through and we had to cut the pipe because the x-ray was so bad because he just didn't have the cognitive ability, both with his vision and with his coordination to actually get a good, good beat on, on the welding or on his on his seam and it was it was really bad it was kind of funny because obviously you know welders are the, the way they are they're very prideful of what they do having the best well right having the best well oh man i don't you know i don't get any penalty shots and all this other stuff but he's like he really realized you know the situation of being having having a newborn and not having a full night's sleep it was affecting his job 
And so that he had to go through and he had to have, make changes in his home life. So where he could, he wanted to, he wanted to be like you spend up all night watching YouTube videos on the next avatar movie. <laughs> and is there another avatar coming out? I don't know. Oh, I meant the cartoon. You got me all excited. I know. The, oh, the Avatar. The, yeah, the, the, the cartoon is way better than the than the stupid movie. The movie was bad. Whatever. But um, he he did did the whole change in in his you know sleep. He went started sleeping two hours before he would normally go to bed at like ten. He started going to bed at eight, and he said that it it changed his ability to to weld essentially because he was no longer tired. He was still waking up at the same times. But because he had those two extra hours of sleep, he was actually able to to do well at work. So it's it, it does make changes in your in your ability to pay attention and in your actual ability to um, was it your fine motor skills and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, not just that, but like you said, what's the most dangerous thing that we do every single day? We drive. Driving is a huge huge portion, and I know. I just watch the news, you know, anytime. Most people, a lot of people fall asleep when they're driving and that's mm-hmm. when accidents happen. So yeah, getting a good proper sleep is really important and not, not having those blue lights before you go to bed is really important. Cause I know, I know people that do fall asleep with the TV on. I've had, when I worked in hotels uh, that, you know, stayed with hotels with coworkers and I had to put, you know, <laughs> you know, those little light shades that you put over your, your face mask. <laughs> yeah. Over your eyes. I, could, I don't know why, but I could totally see you wearing one of those. I, I used to wear one because Co-workers would Does it say something funny on the outside? No, I, wa- I wanted to find like one that had a pair of like eyes or say something funny, but uh, what is it? Uh, like sleep princess or something. That's what, I, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, something like princess that. Princess of sleep. Um, because, yeah, it's hard for me to fall asleep when there's light in the room, right? I need a dark, cold room. As soon as you have those two things, I am out. But they needed, you know, television to sleep. And I know a lot of our listeners are, are thinking right now like, dang, yeah, I, I fall asleep with the TV on. I know there's a bunch of studies out there of people that sleep with like the TV on or a light on nearby or something and how that actually affects the quality of their sleep because your brain doesn't completely shut off when those things are on. Right. So it doesn't allow you to get into the deeper levels yeah, the of dam- sleep that the you deep need. Rim, yeah. And one of the things that I think is the worst thing about sleep deprivation is it's, it's a compounding problem, mm-hmm. right? So if let's say I didn't have a good night's sleep, what am I going to do? Right, I'm showing up. I'm gonna show up to on my way to work. What am I gonna do? I'm gonna grab an energy drink. I'm gonna grab coffee, and if I have enough sleep deprivation, I'll probably grab two or three. Because you know, when we go to the grocery store, it's two for five, or two mm-hmm. for three, or two for four, or three for five, or whatever, whatever the deals are. You can never just get an energy drink by itself. You have to get the two for four, right? Because it's only a dollar more. You're saving. You're gonna buy one tomorrow anyway, right? So, but in reality, what are we gonna do? We're gonna drink both of them in the same day. And so what happens is that caffeine, if you give an overdose, it ruins your sleep. I'll be the first one probably in any facet. I'll tell you the most. I'll take pre-workout and I'll work out, you know, during the mornings or the midday or even sometimes in the evening time. And throughout the day, I'll have an energy drink. Like today, actually, I worked out this morning. So that has caffeine. And then as I'm studying, you know, for my CSP, I need a little bit of extra, you know, sugar and energy to keep focus and, you know, retain some of the things I'm learning that's another energy drink. And then, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll work out in the evening again. And so I'll wake up 
wide awake at one o'clock in the morning. That sounds terrible. You should probably stop doing that. <laughs> well, it's not every night, but you know, I, that's when I could tell when I'm on my overdose and like, oh man, but I'll, like, no joke. Like I, like my alarm went off. I'll be up at one thirty, two o'clock in the morning, wide awake, and I won't be able to fall back to sleep. And so that's one of the things that I've seen within myself is that I mean I don't care. I'll I'll work a full day even after that, but usually at the end of the day of that day, bro, that's that's an eight that's an eight eight thirty night. Good night, good night guys. <laughs> I'm tired. I've been up since two, so it's just trying to figure out what to do quietly so I don't wake up everybody in the house. But I know guys like that where they'll wake up early in the morning. And they'll come to work, energy drinks. And that's one of the things that I've seen, especially, I mean, we talked about this, you know, it was episode six or seven when we had Ryan on that, you know, energy drinks are very bad for you, right? Now we're adding compounding, you know, problems. So not mm -hmm. only are they having an ability to focus and retain information, but now we're going to have sugar crashes. They're not properly dehydrated during the summer. You know, these are all compounding problems. And guess what? You have an accident and... You know, we have to do our due diligence and tell everybody, hey, the reason why we had an accident was because of the energy drink. It wasn't because of whatever other things that, you know, we're saying, let's let's nail the problem. Let's get to the root of the problem and let everybody know, hey, we need to do, you know, we need to be more cognizant of, of our health overall. Because if we're, you know, if we're not, if we're falling asleep at the wheel, it's, it's very dangerous, especially, you know, behind heavy equipment with people nearby. So... I think we can both wholeheartedly agree that fatigue plays a huge part in workers, right? It can be a big cause in incidents, all that stuff. Yeah. But as safety professionals, not engineers, what? <laughs> I like how you said that like, real quiet. What? <laughs> real what can we do about it? Like what have you seen companies or other safety people do to help battle this fatigue problem? Well, honestly, I haven't really seen anything effective i mean that's the well, app. at some level right i mean the app yeah. sounds cool outside of the app but i mean I, I think the app was you know something that maybe we can you know look further into but advertising hopefully. i've seen i've <laughs> the gold standard that's your the, you know, gold <laughs> the gold standard yeah the app is the gold standard um, <laughs> i've i've we've done welfare checks you know in the mornings every you know especially during the summertime when we move work you know or in the earlier hours so that you know we're looking we're working in the least hot part of the day um we do welfare checks so in the mornings we have our morning meetings usually like i said before when i used to have different crews i would go to one or two different crews in the morning and we would talk right we would we would try to get everybody involved and that was the whole point we would make everybody's like your involvement shows that you're you're ready to work you know your your um um your fitness for duty where uh, I've, I've been other places where you know we we literally drag these guys under some really bright lights and that's when we do our assessments you know it i've never seen anything super effective just because that one instance that i talked about before the guy showed up in the morning meeting and he participated right so in our eyes he's ready to work right he's at this at this you know window of 20 30 minutes that i'm seeing him he's wide awake but you know fast forward another hour and a half he's falling asleep at the wheel crashing into the back of a front loader right causing you know severe truck damage right so it's i always try to educate my employees let them know like hey we're all adults we understand hey and it gives me gives me that ability to you know be on the same level as them yeah like, hey, I've been there. I've been in the field, and I've had a kid. I know what it's like to show up to work exhausted and telling everybody, like, hey, dude, I'm going to be useless today. 
I have to show up, right? Because if I don't show up, I'm going to get a write-up or even worse, I'm probably going to get fired. I'm not going to get paid, right? Um, luckily, here in California, you know, we do have, you know, the three days of sick day. But, I mean, if you're not sick and you have a kid, I mean, is that a day you're going to take home, you know? And I think, you know, safety-wise, I think that's something that we should do maybe administratively. It's just like, hey, if this guy's not fit for duty, we need to have an alternative work schedule for them. Like, hey, we understand. We've all had kids. We've During the wintertime, we have kids that get sick. You're up all night giving them, not Benadryl, sorry, uh, Tylenol and ibuprofen, trying to break that fever. You know, you got to take care of your kids. That's understandable. Let's make an alternative work schedule so you can still produce something, but you're not at risk because you're not behind the piece of equipment or working around trenches or whatever dangerous jobs that you guys are going to be doing. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a really good point. We've done that. I've done that too. Not specifically with a kid, but like if we've had crews that for some reason work, some emergency comes up and they work till 10 o'clock that night. Yeah. Of course, you, we're not going to have them come in at six in the morning. Yeah. We're going to say, hey, you know what? Take a few extra hours, sleep in tomorrow, come in at nine or 10. Get Make sure you have not just an eight hour gap. Like, right. Give them enough time to have eight hours of sleep plus and dinner plus some hours yeah. outside of that. You know what yeah. I mean? Give them that 12 hours if possible. I have seen, I, I will agree that I have seen <laughs> some of that more recently. Yeah. You know, I'll be honest with you. I've been on projects where there was no more. It was no holds barred. Oh, yeah. 16 I've, hours. I mean, I've seen it for sure. Yeah. 16 hours. Be you're back showing again up. 4 o'clock next morning. <sighs> Man. And Those it's, are tough. It's rough. Yeah. Especially, like I said, an hour drive there and back. And that's why I try to tell these people. And now I'm, I'm in a position where I can at least influence them. Like, hey, we're not doing that. Why? Well, look, 16 hours, an hour drive, an hour back. That's that's 18 hours. He He's only, he's only going to get a couple of hours of sleep, if that. You know, because he still has to eat dinner. His wife is going to be like, well, what about me? Well, he's going to spend time with the kids. I remember that when I came home, even with a newborn, she needed rest, right? Because, you know, I've been working a 16-hour day. I'm exhausted. I've been in the heat all day carrying tools, moving stuff, working hard, you know. I uh, come home, all I got to do, I, all I want to do is sleep. But my wife's like, no, you need to spend time with, you know, the baby. Okay, well, I'll spend half an hour for maybe an hour, but that's cutting into my sleep time. So I show up to work, and I'm exhausted. Yeah. And, you know, shutdowns aren't just one or two days. It's usually, you know, two, three weeks at a time. Mm -hmm. And so after a while, you start seeing that product. And most of the time, you're not going to get the productivity out of a 16-hour day. You know, people just aren't designed to work that kind of workload. And so, like you said, I, I have seen, luckily, that, you know, we had an emergency and we had a crew working, you know, for a good portion of the night. They said, hey, what, show up at 10, 11 o'clock to the next day. They're rested and we're going to pay them, you know, as if they had worked a full day anyway, which is I, I, well, I do appreciate, you know, that as far as a safety guy, I have seen that, which is nice. Yeah. And then uh, some other things that you kind of mentioned, I think educating your employees. Yeah. So like we built fatigue management uh, as like uh, part of our, I know we talk about training a lot, but like we try yeah. to educate the employees on like, look at this is kind of what we even break it down to like, this is circadian rhythms. Yeah. These are the times of the day you have the biggest dips. And this is how it associates to your job. Like you're actually driving at one of the parts of the day where you have the lowest dip in your circadian rhythm, most likely for a normal person. But we, we kind of break it down for them. And then we tell them like, look, if you have four hours of sleep, it is like driving drunk. So it like is. We, we, we try to educate our employees so that at least they know a little bit ahead of time. Like this is how important this is and how serious fatigue can be 
uh, for you and for us and as anybody as a company. And I, I don't know about you, but I would say for the majority of the problems that I see, uh, honestly, I would I would go back to the circadian rhythm thing is it's usually during the winter time. You know, when we have that time change and it's darker, people don't have I always see a lot of a lot of increase in, you know, cognitive, you know, ability because of that circadian rhythm. They're not used to the the time change. They're not used to, you know, being dark at a certain time or bright at a certain time. And so I one of the things that I, I had done when I was back in my last job was we had we had educated people on the circadian rhythm and how how their cognitive abilities change throughout the day and how their diet affects that. And like I said, having Ryan yeah. a couple of weeks ago really, really pushed that point. Like, yeah, you know, being thoroughly hydrated is important, not just with water, but eating, you know, fruits and vegetables and having all that stuff. Because if you have a good diet, then you're going to have a better night's sleep. And I'll be honest with you, you know, getting up in the ages now, I don't drink as much. I mean, I didn't really drink as much when I was younger anyway, but having even just a couple of beers, I can notice a difference in my sleep just because of the hydration factor. And so, you know, that's one thing that that's helped me out is when I, when I need my sleep, I know, okay, don't drink alcohol, drink extra water. And they said, one of the most important things you can do for your health is to drink water. A a glass of water before you go to bed every night is one of the most healthiest things you can do. So if you don't do that, hot tip, most important thing of all, of all that they said, of all the things that you can do in t- everything, don't it's not stop smoking. No, nope. not no, nope. <laughs> no. They it's, it's be, not exercise. No, it's because it's they drink a cup of water. Drink a glass of water before you go to bed because obviously your your body needs the water, right? Your body needs the hydration during your sleep, and if you do it every single night routinely, it's it's really good for your health. I mean, obviously, it's not going to cure cancer, but it's going to do it's going to do wonders for you, and you're going to wake up, you know, well rested. And man, you know. I've had bad nights in sleep and I've had really good nights of sleep and waking up and having that, you know, wow, it's six o'clock, seven o'clock, man, I feel great. Let's, let's get this day, you know? I think one of the last things I wanted to talk about was, uh, to help battle fatigue a little bit. It's more on the back end. And unfortunately this only happens when you have an incident, but make sure that you take fatigue into, uh, into account when you're doing your investigations, figure out how much sleep did this guy, what was, what did how much sleep did he have last night? what kind of things could have affected his sleep? What was his work shift like the day before? Like yeah. all those things should be built into your investigation because you want to know if the, if one of the uh, root causes was fatigue. Cause then you know, you might have a problem in your organization that you need to start battling or figuring out. Maybe you, maybe you have supervisors out there that are working the employees late into the night in some department, you know, I don't know how your, how companies are structured, but you know what I mean? Like maybe that stuff's happening without you knowing about it. Well, sometimes so. I've, I've ran into people who ran two jobs and I had an instance many, many years back now, but that's, that's one of the factors that we found was because the, the, the employer paid so little yep. that they had to work two jobs in order to make ends meet. I've seen the exact same thing. And that's when, and, and we had a, it was, it was interesting cause I was a consultant at the time. I had to consult with the owner because it, he cost the company $135,000. Essentially what he did is blew up a hydro excavator, right? So he blew, he blew up the, the pump and yeah, it was, it was just crazy. And the owner, he was all mad and you know, he's like, wow, this happened. And after I did my investigation, it literally turned out to be because the employee had had to work two jobs in, you know, the scenario that he, he only had one kid, but
but in the 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 area that he lived down south in California, the rent was way too high. He didn't he didn't have like a big house. He mm-hmm. lived in like some crappy apartment in the middle of nowhere. But he couldn't afford his rent and food and diapers and all these other things, so he had to pick up a second job. And he only worked, I think, four hours at that job, so it was only a part-time job. But he was becoming sleep-deprived because his body wasn't able to to sustain it. And that caused a critical error, like we talked about, his inattention, his inability to focus and take information properly. He thought that it was at a certain pressure and was actually above that pressure that is – uh, above the normal operating pr- uh, pressure and he increased it um, on accident well cognitively he thought he was doing the right thing but he increased the pressure and blew out the pump and did like i said 100 135,000 i think it was. it was it was quite a bit he had to buy a whole brand new vehicle and that's when the owner was like well blah 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 and, and i was like well the reason why is because not, not to be mean but it's because you're paying in a minimum wage and he has to work he's working a 12-hour day and then he's going to go work at the grocery store for an extra four hours just to make ends meet you know if you increased your pay probably like a dollar fifty which I, I i mean i didn't know the company finances at the time would have been drops and would have been you know <laughs> pennies pennies in the bucket compared to the hundred fifty thousand dollar you know you know, vehicle he had to go and purchase now. So, you know, it's, it's really interesting just to, to see that. Yeah. Like you said, accident investigation. I remember when I first learned about circadian rhythms and sleep and all this stuff, that's when I started putting that into my investigation. Like, Oh, okay. When's last, how was your sleep? And, and still to this day, I ask those questions and they're yeah. like, well, why is that? Why does that have to do with sleep? You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how often people get hurt. So yeah. And safe uh, sleep is very important. So, uh, we're going into our mailbag section. We actually had an individual come in, send us an email. And Abraham Gilbert, he explains that he likes the he, – he took my side. He said that education is very important. He mm, said – That's not the way I received the email. Uh, but. Well, I know you don't know how to read, so <laughs> it's okay. Don't worry. I got this. I think he said he agreed with us both. But he, he agreed with both of us. I mean, obviously, I'm, read, I'm reading it, so I'm going to bend it a little bit towards <laughs> my side. But yeah, he said that he really enjoyed the conversation and that he he saw the value of both sides and that um, he's actually working for towards the CHST. So we, you know, we want to give you some love out there, Abraham, and we hope you do. And then give us a shout out when you do get it, you know, getting those certifications. I think we'll talk about that here in the next couple of episodes is how important, you know, certifications really are. Um, because I know that we talk about education versus experience, but in reality, those certifications, they're the perfect identifier because they have both, right? Very few of them are like, oh, you know, you have to have some type of education or experience or both, right? The gold standard CSP, you have to have both in order to have that. So, um, yeah, just give us another shout out. If anybody likes some of the material that we're talking about, give us a shout out at the culture of safety at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook at the culture of safety. And I, th- I think that's all we're on right now is Facebook and email. Yeah. Maybe we'll get a Twitter account. I've never, I don't use Twitter. So I don't, <laughs> I don't either. So I try to stay away from social media. All right. Well, thank you guys. You guys have a good night.